Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. No need for the calculator here, Poindexter. We're average Joes who are passionate fans. This is for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles Podcast. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. We've got a, an exciting episode ready. Um, Lane, it, it's, it's, it's getting close to foot, getting close to August, which means football's right around the corner. Um, so we're going to bring in my co-host, Lane Brady, who knows a little bit about football. What's up, oh, Lane? Oh, yeah, man. What's happening, Chuck? We, uh, as of right now, it is Tuesday on my last week of summer. Nice. And we're we're about ready to gear this thing up. They, by the time this episode comes out next week, uh, by the time the listeners are able to listen to this episode, I will have started school. So, um, which sounds kind of petty to talk about, because Lamar County's been in school for a week now. But, right. <laughs> but uh, your summer is officially over. Yeah. So I'm on my last week of summer right now as we're recording this, just trying to enjoy it a little bit. I think I'm playing yeah. golf this weekend with a couple of friends and just trying to enjoy the last few minutes of uh summer before we hit the ground running. It feels like I'll blink twice and it'll be Christmas. It will be, man. You better start your Christmas shopping soon. Oh yeah, man. So listeners, by the time you listen to this episode, I will have either I will hopefully have uh, beaten two of my buddies in golf this weekend. Um, but if history repeats itself, chances are I will have left angry and disappointed in myself about golf. So, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, <laughs> well, man, you have got an unbelievable guest for us tonight, and I'm excited to talk to him and talk a little football. But why don't you go oh, ahead yeah, and man. introduce him, man? Well, speaking of coaching, okay, we got another uh, fellow coach here, but um, the Golden Eagle faithful probably know him more so for uh, some big plays he's made on a football field tonight. We got Tracy Lampley on the show. So, Tracy, welcome to the show, ma'am. Man, thank y'all for having me, man. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to talk about some memories from Southern Miss. I'm just glad to sit here and talk to some good people. We appreciate you coming on, man. We're excited to hear some of your opinions and stories from the, the good old days, man. <laughs> um, I'm going I'm to kick us off. We're going to dive right in, man. Uh, we always start off uh, with uh, these these uh, Southern Miss questions, what we kind of call them. But uh, kind of tell the listeners why you chose Southern Miss to begin with. Uh, the reason I chose Southern Miss was simple, simply because the coaching staff did a good job of making my talent feel appreciated coming out of high school. And um, Coach Darrell Wyatt was the main recruiter that was recruiting me from the time. And he just called me every day, uh, texted me, communicated with me well, and, and just sold me on the program, sold me on the offense, told me how I fit in. And once I got to campus, uh, uh, Blake Anderson, uh, on my one of my visits, came in, sat me down, and, and, and sold the vision on me of being the next Damian Fletcher. And so I bought into it, man, and, and, and it made so much sense for, for my size at the time coming out of high school. I had SEC offers, but I wasn't, I wasn't a big guy coming out of high school, and I fit what Southern Miss was doing on offense, 
And it just made so much sense. So that's why I committed. Awesome, man. Well, we are sure glad you didn't go to the, one of the SEC schools for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, what it can be, you know, as a player, it can be as a fan, but what is your all-time favorite Southern Miss moment? Man, my all-time favorite Southern Miss moment, that's a good question. Man, I think I have two. I think I have two. Uh, the first one being my freshman year when I uh, returned to punt against Memphis for my first touchdown in my college career. And w- once I did it, and all the players were like, man, we haven't seen that done since I've been here, man. <laughs> man, you just did something that I haven't seen. Right. And that made me just feel so excited how your teammates, you know, talk, talk that high love you. And were like, man, we we're willing to block for you, man. We were just so excited to see that, and the coaches were so excited to see that. Like, we finally found us a punt returner. And so I just I just took that moment, and I just said, okay, this is going to be my role. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a special team guy until they give me some offensive, offensive duties. And I just honored my role, man, and I, just, and I just took it from there. And my second favorite moment, it got to be the conference championship. Like, hands down, by four, one of my greatest moments in Southern Miss history. I mean, nobody outside of us. Gave us a chance to win that game, right. and we knew going into that game that we could beat them. We knew that uh, defense uh, could not slow us down. We knew that, and we knew we had a pretty good defense going into that game. You know, all year long we've been proving that our defense can play with anybody. They had what, like one of the top in the country from turnovers for touchdowns. So we knew we can we could play with them. We just had to go out there and prove it to the world. And you did, man. And, and you did. We're going to dive into that a little deeper later. Prove it, you did for sure. That's <laughs> we talked about uh, favorite Southern Miss moments. I think it was my first ever episode as a co-host here, and that was mine too. That's just such a special night, man. It was awesome. I think it was Jerry Defada's as well. One of them. Yeah, I mean yeah. that yeah. one's come up several times. That meant a lot yeah. to a lot of Golden Eagles. Uh, so my na- my question here. Uh, Tracy is what was your major? My major was sport coaching with a minor in recreation sports. And I picked that I picked that major because I knew I I wanted to be around the game even when I got done playing. So now that I go to work, it really don't feel like work because you're doing something you love to do. Absolutely. Go ahead and tell <laughs> us what you're doing now and where you're at. Well, I'm currently um uh teaching at Ocean Spring High School, teaching and coaching at Ocean Spring. Uh, I teach PE. I teach uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade PE, and I coach at the high school the receivers, and that's what I'm doing now. And I love it, man. I love it. I love it. One of the best decisions I could have ever made so far in my career. That's awesome, awesome man. man. Hey, and, and you know, a little shout out to Ocean Springs here. Well, for starters, you guys obviously y'all are y'all have one of the one some of the best returning talent in the state, I would say. You've got to be. I hadn't looked at rankings lately or anything. I don't really look at those much, but I would think you guys are up there as far as contenders to go deep this year. Um, you got some of the more exciting players in the state. Got some good stuff happening at Ocean Springs, and also it's happening with a bunch of Golden Eagles on staff. Am I right? Oh, oh yeah, you got. Uh... Allen House on staff, and you got coach, uh, head coach Blake Pennant that has ties to Southern Miss. He played baseball there, and he was a GA during my football time there. So that's the connection I had with him. You know, uh, when he was a GA, me and him, you know, became good friends, man. And we just hit it off, and we always stayed in contact with each other. And he became a head coach, and he gave me an opportunity to, to come learn under him and, and, and grow my game. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So. 
Uh, listeners, you got a reason to follow the Greyhounds this huh? year, especially. We got some Golden Eagles over there representing the university well. So good luck to you guys, uh, Tracy. Man, I sure, sure appreciate it. All right. Well, Chuck's got some listener questions he's going to ask you here. Go ahead, Chuck. Yeah. Take it away. We had a, a couple of listener questions come in, man. Um, the first one comes from Mr. Kevin Harrison. Uh, shout out to his eyeglass place. They do a lot for uh, Southern Miss Heritage. Um, but it, it's kind of a, you know, a, a controversial question. So <laughs> but we want, we want you to get, we want your honest feedback because I think you'll shoot it to us straight. It's a, it's kind of a three part. So the first is, what do you think about the Sunbelt move? And then what do you think about the new rules as far as the NIL? And then obviously your thoughts on uh, the portal and would that have affected you in any way, do you think? Okay. Uh, the answer is first part about the, uh, Sunbelt move, right? Yes, sir. Uh, I think I think it was I think it was time. I think everybody that we played against, we was in the uh, Conference USA, kind of got up out of the Conference USA. So Conference USA was not the same anymore with, with mm-hmm. all the rivals rivals that was there. So now by moving to the Sunbelt Conference, you got some good team that's on the rise that can create um, a good rivalry that within a, a traveling distance for all your fans can come see you play. And so I think that was a good move for the program that cut back on costs, that cut mm-hmm. back on a lot of travel. You had to put money into other places. You had to you able to to uh, build your um, build your program, add new stuff to it. I mean, with the money you have left over. So I think that was a good move for the for the whole program. Um, why I don't know. So it's good teams in there. You still got to go play ball. You're you right. still got to go play ball. It's an opportunity to play. I mean, South Alabama is on the rise. Uh, you got Appalachian State that's in there. Mm-hmm. You got Arkansas State that's in there. You got a lot of good teams that's in there. I don't, don't want to just get too fine off a team because I hate to miss miss uh mispronounce somebody that's not in there. I think Marshall's <laughs> in there, right? Yeah. And I remember going to Marshall, and I set a a a, a return a, a special team record at Marshall. <laughs> and it's funny, and I was just watching that movie on TV. Uh, we are Marshall. Yeah. And what I mean to tell you when they when they chant that up there. It's something on your skin just stick out like, oh my god! Uh-huh. Like you just feel it, man. And, you know that's another no, that's another rivalry we had because if if you remember correctly, during that 2011 season, they beat us and kept us from going to the uh, the Sugar Bowl. They beat us early on, like I think it was like Game mm-hmm. Three of that season. Yeah. We should have won that game, but you had some great players on their team that made some plays at the right time, and they and they put the game away. So you you still got that. Uh, tradition going on between two schools, so it, it'll be a good contest for Southern Miss. For sure, it was a combination of Marshall and okay. UAB kept us out of a BCS. Yeah, that UAB yes. curse. Yes, and I didn't mention UAB because I want for sure they they're not moving, moving to the summer. They're not moving. So that's why no, they're not. I hope nuh-uh. we schedule them for some. So We're leaving why. them in LaTeX like behind. To schedule some non-conference okay, gotcha. against them or something just to beat up on them a little bit. I think it'll come. I think it'll come. You know, we just got to go out there and prove ourselves, get back to the traditional ways of Southern Miss football. And I think we're doing a great job, a great job with it. Um, we're, Coach, Coach Hall and his staff are doing a good job of getting in talent. And, he, and he, his staff and his staff know a lot about football, so they'll get it back to the winning ways. We just got to be patient oh, yeah. as fans to believe in it, get behind it, oh, yeah. and then let's go do it. For sure, yeah. 
Well, the uh, other part of that question is uh, your thoughts on the NIL and the transfer portal, and would have effect- do you think it would have affected you had it been legal back then? I mean, the NIL, I mean, every player that I ever played with talked about getting paid. You know, talking about getting paid, because you don't have time to get no job. I mean, you don't have mm-hmm. time to do that. And it's just like I said before we came on, we were chit and chat. I mean, you got to think about it. And when you t- call your parents, ask them, oh, are you coming to see me? play down here in New Orleans and they'd be like, well, we don't have the money to come right now. So now you're looking at if you got an NIL deal, whatever you may be, and your parents don't have to worry about that, uh, that you can pay for them to come see you play. I mean, that's a good thing. You look into the stands and you see your family there. I mean, because you ain't only playing for the for the name that's on the front of your jersey. You're playing for that name that's on the back of it, too. So mm-hmm. therefore, you want your family in the stands. So I think that's a good Good thing that the NIL is out here because, like I said, man, people, fans just see Saturday morning, Saturday evening, and Saturday <laughs> night process. They don't understand what go on behind Sunday to make up to all the way back to Saturday again. Like, all the work mm-hmm. you got to put in, all the hours you got to put in, studying, the classroom, the meeting, uh, the uh, training table, man, just so much go on to get you back to that Saturday afternoon that you don't have time to go get a job. So therefore, if you can got an opportunity to make a little money, take that. Because everybody don't go to the NFL. That's everybody, true. A lot of people be good college players. And if you can get a good head start in college, man, why, why, why are we against that? Like, take that. Take that. Just, just use the NIL deal the right way for you. If it work out in your favor, then by, by means, man, use it and get behind the player. I mean, let's just stop saying, oh, the game going to change, the kids going to get paid. But guess what? A lot of people have been getting paid a long time before the NIL deal came. That's true, man. That is true. <laughs> so, therefore, the only difference is now, it's just public. It's legal. It's right. just legal. Now you're able to see, okay, such and such got a million dollars come here. Man, <laughs> such and such back in the 90s got a million dollars to come somewhere. I mean, right. do people forget that SMU got banned? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just didn't get banned because today was Sunday. <laughs> Come on, man. So, so, so I, I'm saying I just don't understand it, man. Like I'm for it, I'm for it, and I just hope the players do right by the money. Like if you don't go to the NFL, say you're a good bit of money, so you will have a head right. start in life. Mm-hmm. And then another thing with the um the, with the transfer portal, I mean, only people that get upset is the people that don't that don't work in their favor. So if work in your favor, you okay. That's true, man. You you got the you, you hit the nail on the head on that one. That's true. I mean, I haven't complained one time about a transfer coming in. I, I haven't either. <laughs> my thing: every school out there that's playing ball that got kids that's there, they gonna lose kids to the transfer portal, and they gonna gain kids from the transfer portal. That's just right. that's just what we get in college football. Like everybody yeah. get it mad. Like man, these kids are eighteen to what twenty one years old, and they just trying to figure it out, too. Like, they don't have all the answers. They trying to go somewhere where they want it. They might be a family issue where they train from. We don't mm-hmm. know the real reason behind it. So we just got to stop looking at everything in a negative way. I mean, at the, right. end of the day, at the end of the day, you still got to go out there and compete. That's what I tell people. You can transfer to 10 different schools. At the end of the day, you still got to compete. You cannot outrun hard work no matter where you go. You still, you still got to go and compete. You still got to earn your name no matter where you go. And I think back then, if it was legal back then when we were playing, we probably would have seen a lot of guys transfer out of Southern Miss. Yeah. 
I mean, that's just that's just the truth. Being real, yeah. That's just being real. But at the same time, that showed us that we had to stay and fight and earn. Because look at it, I'm gonna break this down to you. I played behind Damon Fletcher, I played behind Tory Harrison, I played behind VJ Floyd, I played behind Devin Johnson as a freshman. That's like what, four, five running backs I just named mm. outside of me. But I had to go in there and prove myself that I belong. So I did something every day in practice. I had to catch a coach's attention. Like, okay, we got to get Lamp the ball. Okay, man, Lamp got to be on the field somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that's why I try to tell people, do something to catch a coach's attention to where, like, they got to be, man, we can't just, we got to get this guy the ball. We got to find a way for him to play. So that's what I did with the special team role. So when my opportunity came on offense, I took advantage of it. That's awesome. But at the same time, because you one injury away from playing, you just got to be ready when your time comes because we're mm-hmm. playing a contact sport. And like Damon Fletcher hurt his hamstring, so that nagged him for a good, a good amount my freshman season where he was in and out of the lineup. So that gave me an opportunity to come in and play. So when I got that opportunity, I just took advantage of it. And the coaches liked what I did. They can trust me. And so and the rest was history. Next man up. <laughs> I mean, the next man up, that's why you recruit. That's why you recruit. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. you use it. That's why you use the transfer portal. So <laughs> stop right. right. <laughs> So you gotta stop thinking this is it's a bad thing. Like it can right. really help you, man. Like it so can. just embrace it and hope it hope it just work in everybody's favor. For sure. That's a good perspective right, right there. Yeah. I, I like that, Lamp. I, I appreciate you giving us an honest answer right there and you know, and, and just telling us the truth about it, man, you know, because all we look at it as far as you know fans all we look at it as is who are we losing you know and so yeah. that's that's good perspective so man that's how you got that's how you got to look at it man uh, yeah. perspective is everything in life man like you just got to put a perspective on everything man yeah ohio state losing player to the transfer portal so you think we are too good <laughs> to lose tra- kids to the transfer portal yeah. like everybody gonna be affected by it that's but right. Some gonna some some gonna benefit from it. So just hope we are benefiting from it. Right. Well, I got a couple questions here from some fans. The first one, uh, I we we got on the podcast right before we went live, and I told Chuck listeners I want this one because uh, I read this question. It got me fired up reading it. So fire me up here, Josh Helm. He asked, uh, "How did it feel sending the BCS Mound Houston Cougars to the Mobile Alabama Bowl?" <laughs> man, it felt good, man. I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and tell no story, man. It felt so good because, like I said, nobody gave us a chance to win that game. Like nobody. I remember we was on the bus, um, coming back from the uh, team moving team dinner, uh, headed back to the hotel, and before we got off the bus, that all game popped up, and you know how you make predictions for the game, yeah. Mm-hmm. So all game popped up before we went to the hotel. And uh, we was all sitting on the bus. Nobody got off the bus. And they went through it and said, man, here goes my prediction for the Southern Miss game versus Houston game. And everybody, every guy on that board picked uh, Houston Cougars to win. Yeah. I looked at them on the bus and I said, guys, they in for a long morning tomorrow. Right. That's they right. just don't know what's coming. That's right. And I can, I, can remember, I can remember texting my brother like we was talking like we always do. Every game we were talking, he said, man, what you going to do to my man? I said, I tell you what, go bet the house on Southern Miss, and I, you got my word, and I'll see y'all when I get back home. There oh, you wow. go. That's awesome. I said, mark my <laughs> word. 
go bet the house on Southern Miss, and and I'll see y'all when I get back home. And this, I can go back to it. Even leading up to that week, I remember the coaching staff was in their game plan. And I never did this, guys. I never did this. But this was in my spirit. I just was in the hallway because it was Monday. And you know, Monday was our off day. And I was just up there watching film like we always got to do. Got to check in, get a couple hours of film. And I just stopped in and said, hey, get me the ball. And I just walked out. <laughs> That's right. Just put it my I just walked out. I said, just get me the ball. And I just walked out. And they just started laughing like, we will. And I said, get me the ball. And I walked out. And all that week, I had a good practice. A good practice. Like, I, that's the best I ever felt. I knew it going into the game. I knew the playbook, the back of my hand. I knew the game plan. I knew what their defense was going to do. We were just, everybody was just in sync. I mean, I know at the end of the day that I was the MVP of the game. And my name was on it, but everybody on that team played like the MVP. That's right. And then the next, and then the next question. Uh, this one comes from Austin Spites. He said, "Everyone knows football is a team sport, but what was your favorite game based on your personal accomplishments?" And we know we know you're a big team guy, but what what game sticks out in your mind as far as your personal accomplishments in that game? Uh. I was just like I say, man, it just had to be the um the Houston game because yeah. you know, guys, I was just making plays from the running back position. I was making plays from the receiver position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was making plays from the special team position. I mean, it just had to be that game, like you know that. I just wanted us to get all respect that we deserve. I mean, we put in a lot of work to get there. I mean, if you all you know can go back and and remember the history in two thousand nine, we should have played for the conference championship. But who beat us? Houston Cougars. Mm-hmm. 2010, uh, we should have played for it, and I think I forget I forget who uh, who beat us that kind of kept us out of it because I think we ended up beating Houston Cougars at home because Case Kingdom uh, tore his ACL like right before the game. Yeah, like a week before the game we played. Then you know that we had some uh, adversity too that took place with our couple teammates. You know, getting shot. I don't want to get too far in that yeah. because it's like a touchy, a touchy subject for a lot of people, and, and, and of course me too. So we had a lot of stuff going on too, and yes, we beat Houston that that Saturday. I forget who the team was that beat us that kind of kept us from UAB. Yeah, UAB, the UAB curse. UAB, the UAB did. And so, if you remember correctly, we was we was always one step close from being in the conference championship game. So when we got there, and we knew that we belonged, so we 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 just wanted to make it make it feel like okay, guys, we're here. Let's get it done. Let's show the world. Let's show everybody. And that game right there alone, man. I mean, I just, I just stood out. Yeah. What do you think clicked for you different in that game? Because I mean, you were, I mean, like I watched some of the highlights today, and man, you were right. You were making plays left and right in that game, like on another planet, making plays. Right. I mean, like I said, guys, I had a great week of practice that week yeah. leading into that game, man, and I just knew what they was gonna do on defense wise. I knew who was gonna be guarding me. And I just knew, like, you get a linebacker on me in space, I mean, I'm going to win that matchup 10 out of 10 times, no matter what. Yeah. I'm going to win that matchup. And like I say, guys, playing running back, um, I had to be like an extra offensive lineman playing running back because you got to know where the blitz is coming from. You got to know tendencies. You got to know all those good things right there. And so AD held you account- accountable for that. Like, you had to make sure, like, who you, who you getting on this blitz because I got to get this ball off and I can't get hit in my mouth. So you need to know what you're doing. So I had to make sure I knew my game plan. I knew my responsibility. 
So when I got to the slot, it was a whole lot different because I knew where the blitz was coming from. I knew who had to guard me. So I was dead in tune to the game. And my number was calling. I just wanted to make a play. Like my teammates can count on me and say, get the ball mm-hmm. to them. This guy's in the zone. And I didn't want to let them down. No doubt. That's awesome. No doubt. I'll tell you, the, the moment I remember most from that game was we got a big turnover down in their end. I can't remember what, what they turned the ball over deep in their territory and we recover it. And we're, we're in the red zone when we recover it. And I just remember we were already up by two or three touchdowns in Austin. I, I just remember AD jogging mine. He looked down at me and he said, uh, he said, we're about to run this sucker up. <laughs> Jogged out there. That, <laughs> it was just kind of the mindset for everybody. Like, let's go make a statement right. tonight. This is going to make a statement. And he threw a pick to Darren Wilson in the back of the end zone. Yep. Like, I knew to play exactly what you was talking about. Yeah. And when he threw that pick, I just, I, just, I just knew then, like, everybody was playing like MVP. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody knew their responsibility. Everybody was there. Then nobody tried to play hero ball. When the opportunity came your way, make the play. You took it. Yeah. Make the play. That's all we're asking you to do. Right. Well, listeners, we – uh. We, we gave y'all an opportunity to be able to send in some video clip questions, and we got a couple of those. So we love this uh, new feature we got here because now we get to hear your voice, not just ask your questions. So uh, the first one comes from Tyler Jackson. Did you ever use yourself on any of the NCAA games and make yourself win multiple Heisman? Because you definitely won four in a row on my dynasty. Man, you be- – you got. You better believe I used myself. I mean, you got to think about it, guys. Like everybody was into the video game back then. So as a kid, you know, when you get a video game, you got to create yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so once I got to college, it didn't really dawn on me that man, I'm about to build a video game. To one of my friends from high school had said, "Hey, dude, you going to get that college football? You know, you're going to be on there, right?" And when he said that, it clicked in my head. Like, oh my god, you are right, man. <laughs> I I hustled over to Walmart and I brought the game. <laughs> no. And I stayed up all night playing the game. Like that moment right there knew, hey man, I made it. Like I'm on the <laughs> game now. I ain't gotta create myself. I can turn this game off and don't save it. I'm still gonna wake up in the morning and be on this game. There you go. <laughs> like <laughs> you better believe I use myself a whole lot, man. A whole lot. And yes, I did win the highs, but you know I had to. I had to. Ran the ball every play. Did you throw yourself a quarterback sub to do some stuff, some wildcat? Nah, <laughs> nah, I didn't. I just used myself at receiving the slot. I kind of played true to how my game was actually actually in real life. I got you. I got you. And then, then all your teammates on the team, the famous question, get man, what's your speed? What's your speed on the game? Like everybody want to know everybody's speed on there. And I'm just so happy that my speed was like 93 on the game. Wow. I was just so happy. <laughs> uh, they let me know I wasn't the slowest one on the team. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next one record. The next recording comes from Richie Harala. Hey Tracy, could you describe the culture shift from with the team from 2011 to 2012? Thank you. Um. Man, it was different. I mean, I think the coaches that came in in 2012, they were so big on replacing what Fedor and his staff had did until just, instead of just building on what Fedor and his staff had did. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if you just came in, because you can't erase history, no matter what. You can't erase it. Like, Fedor did what Fedor and his staff did. They came in. 
You got the most wins in school history with 12. I mean, just come in and build off that. Like, you come in trying to create your own identity, trying to erase that. I mean, I just think you get off on the bad foot then. I'm not here to bash no coach because I'm a coach now, and now I see the game. I see the game now from a different view. But I just think, I wish they would have just came in and just built off what was already set in stone. I mean, because you look at it, the whole team pretty much came back, like some key pieces came back from that team. Mm -hmm. And the only thing you truly had to replace was Austin Davis. I know that's asking a lot. I get it. I get it. But if you come in and you just get get Chris Campbell the keys, and you don't say, hey, Chris, you've been here for a long time. You know the offense. Give us what you got. I'm going to give you a fair chance. Now, if he don't get that job done, then, yes, you give somebody else the opportunity to do it. But you, we didn't have a true identity to what we were doing going into that season. And then that's what you get. You get 0-12. And, and I hate that. I mean, I just got to a place where I can't even talk about that season. Because you got <laughs> to remember, man, I'm so close. Everybody on that team so close to their dreams of getting to the NFL. And you seeing now that I can play with anybody in college football after winning 12 games that nobody thought that could be done, and you did it. Now you're playing with the best in the world. You are ranked like number 17 in the nation. And you're the only ranked team in Mississippi that's ranked at the time in 2011. So you got to think about it, guys. Everybody got their chest poked out around Hattiesburg. Even if you wasn't on the football team, you walked around with a sense of pride. A little swag. Oh, yeah. A little swag. You know, like that made everybody in Hattiesburg feel pride you know what i'm right. saying like you had you felt like you was a part of what was going on and then to go to that that was like a blow man like that was blow that put me in a dark spot for like at least two to three years because mm-hmm. as a kid you dreamed about going to the nfl and then you know you're coming from a smaller school where you always got to prove yourself that you belong and then when you go to o and 12 ain't nobody really paying attention to a team o and 12 right yeah i'm there but everybody in the world paying attention to a team that go 12-2. That's right. Something some, something there, you know what I'm saying? So, man, I just hate it turned out like that. Like I tell people, man, I was best of both worlds. Like I was a part of the 12-2, and two, and then I was a part of the 0-12. So, now I just look at stuff in a, in a different perspective, and I appreciate everything. And I try to tell my guys that now, appreciate what you got because at any moment, man, it can be gone. Mm-hmm. It might be good now that you win it. But who's to say when you become a junior or a senior, this success might not be the same. Mm-hmm. So give me what you got now. Why it's good. Good word. That's right. And, and you know, in, in Lampley, I know you, you've been coaching a while. I think we've both been coaching about the same amount of time, but there's, there's some moments where I can point to and say, this helped develop me into the person I am and the coach I am and helped teach me, what to do and how to do things. And then there's some moments that taught me what not to do. <laughs> you know? I, just, I mean, I just try to shoot it to my guys straight, man. Yeah. I just tell them, I try to, I try to relate to them as much as possible. I say, guys, listen, and college at the next level, they are trying to replace you every single day. When you look at out the practice, those coaches on the phone, they on the road with crew. They trying to replace you and get better every single day. I said, luckily, when you're in high school, you just got to take what come down the hallways. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> you just got to take what come down the hallways. And they so, and they looking at it like, I always got tomorrow. Man, I'm trying to tell them. No, you don't. Like, you don't know what's going to happen within this moment and today. Like, give me all you got today to make you a better football player. Like, if you got five reps, make those the best five reps possible. Because at the end of the day, we, we are turning that film on. 
and trying to find the best 22 guys that we can keep on the field. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're doing something with your best five reps, guess what? Somebody going to get that attention from a coach and say, guys, listen, I know you're just getting five reps, but this is the best five reps I've seen all day long, and that goes a long way. That's how I try to get them to shift their mindset. Like you are competing against a bunch of guys you know nothing about. Like you're able to see the guys you're playing against, you know, but what about the guy in California you don't see? What about that guy in Florida you're not seeing? What about that guy in, 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 uh, in Wisconsin you're not seeing? What about those guys you're not seeing that's out there working? When your days you feeling sorry for yourself, you feeling tired, it's hot in Mississippi, and that guy over there, he is working. Well, what about the guy that got the pro dad, the pro dad that made it to the NFL that give him all the tools that you don't have the luxury of having right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you, that's why I try to tell him, man, you got to think about that. Like, he can have all the tools, but he can't outwork you. Yeah. There you go. He can't outwork you. That's right. <laughs> so that's why I try to relate the game to him like that. And I, and I reach some, I do. And when, when it clicked with some, man, that's, that's the true definition of winning the championship. When you, uh-huh. when you click it for those guys you are coaching and giving back to, and they go on to be successful, man, that's the true measure of championship right there. Yeah. Well, Chuck, I think Chuck's got yeah. some questions he wants to ask you. And so, Chuck, take the mic and take it away. All right, man. Um, so you, Memphis, you uh, mentioned the return you had against Memphis as your freshman year, but you've had some pretty other big games where you had a punt return, like Nebraska, and there's some other ones. What's going through your mind as you're running through, you know, 100 yards to make a touchdown? Do you think you're going to make it when you come out the end zone or or – Tell us, kind of walk us through that, man. I mean, you just feel it, man. Um, I can walk you through the Nebraska game, uh, kickoff return. They had just scored the win up, I think, fourteen to zero, right? And we had, we were like, we was looking defeated already in the first in the first quarter. And I knew at any moment from, from listening to Coach Fedora, special team can change the game at any moment on the special team play. And that went through my mind. So I told the guys in the huddle, I was on the TV timeout. I said, guys, no matter what this guy kicked the ball to and he come to me, I'm bringing it out. So please, if you get on your guy, you can just meet me in the end zone. Mm. I said, just meet me in the end zone. Just get on your guy. I got, I got to give us some excitement. I got to get us back in this game. So when he kicked the ball and uh, when he kicked it and he came directly to me, I said, I got to, I got to, I got to be a man of my word. <laughs> That's all you got. That's all you, gotta, you got. You got to cash the check. I got. Now. I got. I got to cash the check. I got to do it. I got to do it. Here it is. No turning back now. So when I got it, and when I hit it right up the middle, it parted like the Red Sea. And when it did that, I said, "Oh yeah, here we go." Then I looked down at the kicker, and guys, I don't want to be disrespectful, but there's no kicker in this world from the tackle me in open space. <laughs> so when I seen that, I said, "Oh, you might well get ready to strike up the band." And let's go. And, I, and it, it just happened, guys. I mean, all my guys out there that, that made blocks, I mean, I couldn't have done it without them. And they knew it. So that's why I wanted to, to put that excitement on them, let them know, guys, you get on your block, we can do this every single time. And then you notice in that game, they stopped kicking the ball to me. <laughs> <laughs> they learned. They, they stopped learned. kicking the ball to me, man. It's it, it, it just an exciting play, man. You got to get the crowd back into it. You got to get the teammates back into it. I'm just truly blessed that I was able to do that and be that spark for my teammates. And they took pride in it, too, to see me do it. Because I, I remember I used to go for punt return and kick return. 
And those guys used to like wait till they go to their mean spots with their coaches just to see what I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. And, and they used to tell me that. Yeah, I bet, <laughs> man. I bet. They used to tell me that, man. That's crazy. And going off that, what was more exciting for you? Running in for a touchdown, receiving a touchdown, or returning a punt for a touchdown? Oh, my God. Man, that's a good question, man. At the end of the day, I think you just want to get the ball across the end zone no matter how you get in there. But I'm just, I'm just so blessed that I was, I was able to do all four of those things at a high level. And yeah. they brought it to my attention that I was the first player in Southern Miss history to score four different ways. And I was that, like, wow. Yeah. You know, as a freshman, you know what I'm saying, they brought that to my attention when it was done. They were like, this mm-hmm. never been done before. And so for me to do that, a little kid from Waynesburg, Mississippi, that got that on his resume, I think that, that goes a long way in my book, man. That goes a long way in our book, too, man. That goes a long way in my yeah. book, man. Yeah, and um, I noticed on watching some highlights uh, and when you were playing that every time you made a touchdown, you know, you'd kind of go down on one knee with your head bowed, then you'd point up. What, were you just giving thanks? Were you saying a prayer? What was going through your mind then? Man, I was, I was just, you know, I was just showing, just showing my gratitude to God for giving me this ability mm-hmm. to play the game and give out and, and come out and give the fans um, a show. Like a lot of people spend their whole earned earn money to come out, so I want to make sure I give you a show. But also at the same time, I was just smiling up above to my grandma as well that was yeah. that died when I was young age that that pretty much raised me when I was a kid. They did not get to see me when I got older to play the game that I love. So I just knew she was always smiling down. So I always hit my chest, tell God thank you, hit my chest, and point up and smile at her. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. Let her know. I I see you looking down. Yeah. And I also want to reward you too, like let you know, acknowledge you in the same way. I see you. I love that, man. I love that a lot. Um, How did the team react uh, when they found out Fedora was leaving, and how did you react? Man, it was disappointing. I mean, it was shocking because at the end of the day, at the time, you just so far in the moment and you think these coaches are going to be there forever. Not forever, but through your time of being. At least till you leave. But then as you get older and you mature, you understand it's a business. It's a business. Now that I'm in it, it's a business. And now I I respect him more. I mean, this goes back to the NIL deal now. All right? Right. So now Fedora making whatever he was making at Southern Miss, now you got a chance to go to North Carolina and really, truly, truly change your family life, making over two and a half, three million dollars. Man, you can't turn that down. Mm-hmm. You cannot turn that down. So now my thing, Southern Miss, if you didn't want him to leave, I understand we probably can't play him three million a year. Let's get up to one point five. Let's see how yeah. much we really love him. So now you get the one point five. He might say, guys, you know what? I love it here in Hattiesburg. I just won 12, 12 games. Let me see, can I get the 14 game? Right. I'm making $1.5 million here. And the cost of living in Hattiesburg was pretty cheap or pretty yeah. reasonable mm-hmm. back then. With 1.5, I think we can make that work. Oh, yeah. But if you don't try to say, let me try to make him stay, let me offer this. I'm, now, I'm not saying if Southern Miss did that or not. I don't know all the details behind the scenes. Right. But to me, looking back on it now, I don't think they made a deal because he what he ended up leaving, going on by his business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so not just looking back. I mean, it it was just it was it was, it was everybody was shocked. It was like a disappointment as a player. Then looking back on it now, I mean, you were just disappointed. You didn't want him to go because you you felt like you just did something special. Like why leave now? Yeah, you okay. know. But you look at it now, like man, he got a great opportunity. I mean, he went to uh, North Carolina, and you look at it, guys, he was one game away from playing from a national championship, like he ended up losing to Clemson. 
if you go yeah, back into yeah. it. Right. So, I mean, you never know. You never know what God take you to and elevate you to. Man, you just got to go. Like, God tell you, you did enough here. Let me take you here. Man, you got you got to honor that and you got to go. No doubt, man. No doubt. Well, you had a, a, a pretty good quarterback in 2011 in Austin Davis. And I think a, a great quarterback will tell you, you know, you're only as good as your offensive line and your wide oh, receivers. Yes. How much did you, yeah, how much did you and Davis click, and how often did y'all work out, practice together? Uh, oh, kind of a, a lot, a lot, yeah. a lot. I mean, everything we did, we were pretty much together on offense. Like, your two main players, I'm not saying, like, just us two, but I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, uh, a guy that account for a lot of your offense, you have to be on the same page. I mean, it doesn't work if you're not on the same page. I mean, the O-line got to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, the quarterback, the running back, the receivers, everybody got to be doing their job for order for this play to work. Right. And, man, we was all on the same page from, 2000, from 2011 going into that season. Man, something just clicked within, um, within uh, spring ball going into summer. I mean, we got Paul Jackson came in, a new sprint coach. He just changed the whole dynamic of the sprint conditioning program, man. You just and you just felt that, man, and you just felt it. And then when it happened, you knew you look back on all the work you put in to get to this point. And so we worked out together a lot. We had to communicate. Like I said, when I played running back, I was like an extra offensive lineman because I had to I had to uh, protect AD just like offensive lineman when they right. seen blitzes. So I had to know what I was doing. And so when he saw that, that I knew what I was doing, that built this confidence in me to know. Then also, when I had to understand when I was the hot guy, like sometimes we had called something called 50 protection. That means you don't have protection. You got to get out in the route right now. So the blitz coming, I know, okay, nobody covering me. AD throwing me the ball right now because AD said he know what to do. So you better be knowing what to do or you're going to hear from me. So everybody had to be on on their P's and crews. Everybody. That's awesome, man. Well, Lane, that's all I got, man. I'm gonna shift it over to you, brother. All right, uh, Tracy. When you were when you were playing, was there a player you tried to model your game after? I mean, I'm not gonna say I tried to model my game after nobody. Uh, on, on the on the team wise, or just in general? Just in general, you know, your kid growing up. Who, oh, know, most definitely. Oh, Reggie Bush. And tried to be like. Oh yeah, easy, Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush, without a doubt. I think. Everybody, kid that that came up around the time I came up, that laid eyes on Reggie Bush and seen what he was doing at USC. Man, you wanted to be that. I even wanted number five when I got to college, but unfortunately, DeAndre Brown had number five, and there was no way in the world I could get that. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I had to go make I had to go make do with number one, and so I took it and I strived. But I, yeah, I can say my game was like Reggie Bush, man, like a guy that can line up and, and and do punt return. Line up and do a uh, kick return. Line up in running back position. Also, go out there and play receiver. So I say my game was, was similar to Reggie Bush. If you just had to ask me. Oh yeah, he's a good one. To, he's a good one to mimic now. Then all my friends even told me too, man. You look just like Reggie Bush when you get the ball in your hands, man. So that that just went a long way, man. Let people really appreciate what you did for the game. Right. Oh, yeah. It had to be good to hear. Oh, yes, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Because you know all the hard work you put in to get to this point. Were there times you just felt like everybody was in slow motion? I feel like Reggie Bush felt like he was just running around a bunch of people standing still. Man, some, Did you ever have that, those some, moments? Sometimes you just get in that zone. I mean, there's nothing a defense can do to really stop you when you get in that zone. And so 
you get the feeling like that, but at the end of the day, they are moving fast too. So you just move it a little <laughs> yeah. bit faster because you might don't want to get tackled or might don't want to get hit hard this play. So now it may seem like that to the public eye, but at the same time, it's a lot of moving parts going on down there at a high level. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, my next question is this. Obviously, you jump back and forth from running back to wide receiver pretty much all through college. Um, how was it shifting from being one to the other? And which one, which spot did you enjoy playing the most? Well, Obviously, you were a team guy. You did what made the team better. But which one did you prefer? Well, that's a testament to myself, to me, knowing the offense and knowing the coaches having enough trust in me to say, okay, Lampley, you're going to be a receiver for the first three weeks. And, okay, well, Lampley, we need you to go play running back versus Navy because we got a lot of guys banged up. And they knowing that I still know what to do when I go back there. So now they can still call the offense wide open because they know that I know the offense. And so that's just a testament to me and knowing the offense, being accountable, being trustworthy. So that's what it's all about. You want your coaches to trust you, you know, they can they can have a chance to win with you on the field. And that's what it's all about, guys. And they knew that and they was able to trust me enough to say, Man, go play receiver. Man, go play running back here. And we still can call our offense because this guy knows exactly what to do. We're not finna skip skip a beat. And I just got to be honest with you. With my frame size, I'm going to have to say, not running back my baby, but receiver just made it it a little easier because I ain't got to dodge a lot of people. A little bit easier getting space when you're starting out. It's a little bit easier getting that space quicker. Yeah, (laughs) man. man, You got to think about it. And Kyle, you got at least. What, six guys in the box, uh-huh. depending on, you know uh-huh. what I'm saying, the defense. But, you know, the minimum six guys in the box to where I think on the perimeter receiver, I got this one guy in front of me. He know if he slipped down any type of way, this can be a touchdown, and I ain't got to worry about nobody else. And I'd much rather deal with those guys outside the box and the ones in the box coming after me. <laughs> Thank you. Then, then they more my size out there <laughs> on the right. perimeter. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in college, man. Especially in college. Well, uh, well, well, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier how uh, people don't really understand a lot of times the time demands of of being a football player. But a lot of times you're around your teammates and your coaches more than you're around anybody else on the planet. You know, and I find that to be true even as a coach now, you know. But uh, what are, you, oh, yes. what are some of your favorite memories you have with those teammates? You had a, some special teammates you played with. That was a good group that came through that you were with. What are some special memories? Can you share any of them with us? Oh, yeah. My God. I got so many. But this this one, I think everybody appreciate this one a little longer. Uh, my freshman year, the summer that I came in, it was May the 24th I got to college. So May the, like, 28th. We started summer workouts, and uh, back then, we were running something called phases. And let me describe phases. So it's like you running 110s, you running 240s, you running 450s, uh, 440s, you running 60s. This is all in one day now. And so I'm a, I'm a freshman. I'm new to this. I'm, I'm about to run it. And I say, you know what, guy? Man, I ain't finna do this. I'm finna go home, man. I can't handle this. A guy named Chico Hunter. If everybody oh, yeah, remember, remember Chico, Chico. Hunter, played defense, played mm-hmm. safety. Mm-hmm. Chico said, no, young fella, you highly recruited. We depended on you. Lean on me. That guy kept me in college football my freshman year. That's awesome. Wow. And, man, 
it was just it was just so much I, that I wasn't prepared for coming to high school with the running aspect part of it. Now the playing aspect part, yes, I can do that with the best of them. But that side where you got to be mentally tested during the summer and there's 110 degrees out there on that turf and you running like that, and those guys was already trained for that. That was there. Like Chico was an older guy, and for him to take me on his wing during that time in the summer. And to really, you know, show me, hey, guy, you got it. I know it's a lot on you, a freshman, but, hey, man, we depending on you to play. And I knew then, oh, guys, I made the right decision oh, yeah. to come to Southern Miss. <laughs> yeah, if you can bottle that up, if you can bottle up Chico <laughs> Hunter and his mindset toward helping teammates and sell it, you oh, man. in there. That's, he's, he's one of my favorite teammates of oh, all yeah. time in college. All right. You, you got any funny stories from whenever you played? I'm a, I'm all for some funny stories. You got any funny stories with some oh, yeah. podcast oh, yeah. appropriate now? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's it's, 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 it's it's very podcast appropriate. All right, we playing against SMU at home, and you know this guy yep. Jeremy Hessel, right? Mm-hmm. And so and so Jeremy Hessel was like, man, I want I want to get the ball, man, or I, I want to block. So we threw him the ball in the game. He coming up the sideline. I forget this linebacker name from SMU. He hit Jeremy Hessel so hard, he knocked his teeth out. <laughs> man, when he hit him, we came to the sideline. I said, hey, dude, man, you all right? He was like, man, no, man, my teeth gone. I said, man, you will never find that out here in this turf, man. You got to go get you some uh, fake teeth now. Man, everybody just everybody just fell out laughing. Even even on top of that, I got another Jeremy Hessel story. He was a freshman. And we playing in South Carolina uh, on that Thursday night that opened up college football. South Carolina is so... So loud, like we standing beside each other, and we still can't. We we talking, I can't hear nothing he's saying. So they, something happened where we had to go back to the sideline. He was like, "Hey man, who do I block?" I said, "Dude, you got the R one or the R two guy over here. Like it's return right." I said, "Please don't miss this block, man. These guys coming out here <laughs> vicious." So we go, back, we go back out there. He said, "He said, man, I'm gonna slide up five yards from you because I don't want to. I don't want to get the ball. I want you to get it." I said, man, that's right up my alley, man. Thank you. Go ahead and slide up 10 more yards. I'll catch it. I said, but just make sure you go block the right guy, man. I said, I'll take all the returns. You just go block. I'll take all the returns. I got you. You my boy. I said, I'm going to vouch from you from this day going forward. I only want you back here with me returning kicks because you don't want to You don't want to return it. That'll give me the opportunity to take all the kicks. <laughs> That's funny. I said, I said, I thank you, man. I thank you. And we laugh about that oh, to this day. Man, it was Y'all had that reunion. It was cool to see him, man. He was uh... Oh, man, it was just good. It was just good to see so many uh, familiar faces, man. Most importantly, it was good to see oh, everybody yeah. doing good. With so much going on in the world, is everybody still yeah. in good spirit. Mm-hmm. And it was just good to see, man. Just come back. Like I said, brought back so many memories, man. It's just good to see. I feel like I remember that play. He got his teeth knocked out. Like, I, I distinctly, I man, distinctly was remember. Him coming up and them looking in his mouth and literally it was his front teeth, wasn't it? It was Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I just <laughs> laughed so hard, man. It was just oh, so yeah. funny. It was just so funny. He was out there talking noise to the guys and I said, Man, they gonna get you, boy. <laughs> <And> they did. <laughs> so and all they right, did, well, uh, man. the next one is obviously two thousand twelve. So we went to several bowl games, you know. We went to Saint Petersburg, we went to uh New Orleans a couple times, but to me, you know, and for p- listeners who haven't figured this out yet, 
Lampley and I were in college together. I was a manager the whole time he was playing. And to me, the coolest bowl game yep. we got to go to was the Hawaii Bowl. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that whole Hawaii Bowl experience? Oh, man, without a doubt, man. I mean, you think about it. Um, I don't think a lot of people know this, but we had a chance to play against Penn State down in the Dallas Bowl. And you remember Penn State had a lot of stuff going on with the Jerry Skandusky. Yeah. I think that's how you say his mm-hmm. name. And so Coach Fedora didn't want us um, to have to answer any questions in, in the media pertaining to what they had going on. So, therefore, um, he picked the Hawaii Bowl. Now, the Hawaii Bowl, was, it was a great bowl. I mean, man, if I could go over there again, I would. I enjoyed it by far. But the only thing that really kind of rolled me the wrong way with that bowl it had some seniors last time ever playing college football, probably ever playing college ball in their life, and their family couldn't come see them yeah. play. Yeah. That's the only thing. So now I'm going to tie this back in with the NIL. So just imagine if those guys had uh NIL deal that could have flew their mom or their parents yeah. or their dad or anybody to Hawaii. That's it. So that's why, that's why I say let's put this NIL deal in, in yeah. perspective, that's a, man. That's some- you see what I'm saying? So now you in Hawaii, now you got an NIL deal. Now you able to say, let me bring my parents over to Hawaii. And they probably have yeah. never been to Hawaii. Yeah. So that's an experience you can share with the people you oh, love yeah. the most outside of your teammates. Right. So that's why I say, let's put this NIL deal into more perspective and see the rewards that right. come from it, too. How was it? How was and it? So, yeah, but, how, but it was yeah, fun, it man. Was fun. How, did you have a bunch of good memories from uh, hanging out with your teammates over there for a week? Yes, yes, I, yes. I remember. Uh, I remember watching this show called Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> if everybody's familiar yeah. with that show, yeah. and little and behold, we walking down the script, and guess who we run into? Dog the Bounty Hunter and his <laughs> wife. That's awesome. And little old me, here come me. Hey, man, you over here arresting people in Hawaii? This was people to vacation at. He just fell out laughing, man. He was like, no, nah, man, me and my wife, we just on vacation. What y'all guys doing over here? We told him. He was like, man, that's awesome, man. Y'all just keep doing what y'all doing. Man, just little stuff like that, man. You never know who you're going to run into. Mm-hmm. Then we turn the corner again. Guess who we run into again? Ice tea. Like, Ice tea. Come on, man. Like... <laughs> You seeing all these people that you see on TV, and you out here like, okay, then this is what it's about, guys. You win, you get these nice trips, you see celebrities, you have an opportunity to conversate with them. They ain't really got no bodyguards with them. They just acting like normal people. We not harassing them. We just having a casual conversation, and it's all love. And then the weather oh, is yeah. perfect. <laughs> like, you I can't mean, ask for no better weather. Like, man, like, you wake up, and it's 82, 83 degrees every Did single day. you guys day. ask Ice wow. to, to every say a day. quote or something in his angry voice? I would have. No, nah, no, nah, we didn't. Man. He had his <laughs> wife with him and stuff like that, and then was out shopping. So we we were we yeah. were very respective of his time, and we he just he spoke, and then he, you know, he just went on about his business. We just kept sightseeing and stuff like that. But I do tell people this. If you go over there and you eat fast food, you better have a lot of money because a meal over there costs about $20. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it costs about $20, man. But I say, man, it was a great time then. Also, man, they had some of the best pineapples I ever tasted in my uh-huh. life. Okay. The best pineapples in my life, man. And then I can just remember us going to the water park over there. We just had it like, it was like shut down. It was like only the football team in there. Like, man, it was, it was just a good time, man. 
and you just hung out and you just bond, man. You just created memories. Then you had the, the luau dance. Oh, I yeah. think that's what they call it. Yeah. And that was just good to see, you know, um, the Hawaiian people come out there and do that dance. And you done seen it on TV, but they take it so serious. And you just you just sit there and all like, yeah. oh, my God. Man, that was just good to see, man. That what an experience that was. That's awesome. And then, yes, yes. And like I said, man, I just wish those seniors' parents could have – could have been able to see them play in person yeah. for the last time. And so that's why I tell people, man, this stop looking bad on the NIL deal. It can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people that's truly, truly using that money in the right way. Oh, yeah. It's a good, it's a good perspective on it. Uh, so I'm going to step a little bit out of your playing days now and step into coaching with you here for right. a second. I want to hear a little bit about your coaching here. Uh, first off, why did you choose to be a coach? I mean, I knew I wanted to be around the game when I got done playing with it. Believe it or not, I knew exactly what I wanted to do in the seventh grade. It didn't go as planned as I thought it would, but I had it mapped out. I told myself in the seventh grade, I'm going to play this game of football. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go to NFL. I'm going to try to get at least 10 to 12 years out of it, and then I'm going to get into coaching. So now I'm still doing what I love to do. I'm getting up every day with a purpose. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to do anything that's going to be dragging me to get out the bed. And so I knew, but like I, like I tell people, the NFL part didn't work out, but I went to college. I got a degree for the, uh, for free. I traveled all around the world for free. I stayed in some of the best hotels. I had some of the best food. I met some of the best people in the world. I met some of my long life friends from different mothers, all because of us choosing to go to USM. You know what I'm saying? Uh, truly a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. <laughs> once-in-a-lifetime experience. So once I got done, man, I just knew I wanted to be a coach. I just knew I love the game, and I I just want to give back to the guys that's coming after me. So that's why I tell them, man, uh, play the game with respect. Honor the people that came before you and honor the people that came after you. And so here I am today, fellas. Awesome. And, and you know, Tracy, you've got – you're in a really good spot here because you've actually, you know, to be a coach, you've at, you know, you learn from the people you're around, uh, in life in general, you do, you have had the opportunity to play for Marcus Boyles, uh, Larry right. Fedora, um, right. you know, Blake Anderson, these guys, we've talked right. about some of the coaches that you've played for. Uh man, what do you see out of those coaches in yourself? You have probably you have a coach that in my mind is a Hall of Famer in high school football. You have you know, well, you have doubt. a guy who's had one probably the best season <laughs> ever at Southern Miss to this point. Uh what do you see of those coaches in yourself? What are some things you've been able to take from those guys and implement in your own career now? I mean, I can just tie it in with one word. Man, the passion, the attention to detail. The competitiveness in them that want to win, that want to get the best out of their players, I can see me doing that right now today. Like, I still hold my guys to the stuff that we had to do at USM by we come on the field, we break it down as a unit, and we jog out there on the field. Like, my receivers know right now they cannot come on that field until every single receiver there is in that huddle, and you break it down, and then you jog to our spot. This every single day. They'll tell you that right now. What did I get that from? I got that from USN. I got that from the coaching staff that I had that was set by Fedora. And so I carried that with me um, over to my coaching style today. Then with Coach Balls, 
Man, I, just that's, that's, that's just the competitive that was in him, the fire that was in him, man, the attention to detail, all that good stuff. And I just find myself being attention to detail, always looking for clues on film. I mean, not saying Fedora didn't have that because they, um, they did. That's a no-brainer because you coaching on the college level. That's just a no-brainer. But I'm just speaking on the terms of what uh, Marcus Boyles did for me during the time of playing in high school football and just getting the ball to your, to your playmakers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Making sure. You had the opportunity to work for Marcus too, didn't you? At pedal for I, a little bit? I did. I did. I worked with him for three years, man. He and One of the best jobs I, I could have ever had, too. One of the best jobs I could have ever had. Oh, yeah. And like I said, that was one of my goals, man. Like I, like When I got into college, when I seen ball was ending, I wanted to get around good people that I can um, that I can grow as a coach, and I knew that would have my best interest that would teach me and mold me into the coach I am today. So I had to I had to, um, I was fortunate enough to get under Coach Balls. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this on this podcast. And I was working with Coach Ball, I think my second year, Fedor was finna get ready to hire me at North Carolina as a, a quality control guy. Yeah. But he ended up getting fired, man. So that, yeah. <laughs> that didn't work out. But I, yeah. I commend him for just mm-hmm. even giving me an opportunity Absolutely. again. It's good that he's Not reaching a, out to former it's good. players. It's, it's, it's good. Awesome. Yes, yes. Because it's genuine, man. Like we really, really. Became family at USM. Everything mm-hmm. is genuine, oh, yeah. man. Like you can see it. Like any other coach, I'm not, I'm not gonna say it like that, but they'd probably say, "Man, guys, I don't have time for that." But that guy is genuine, and you can see it on Facebook. He sit there and crack jokes with people. He come in on your stuff. He tell you happy birthday. <laughs> he write you back. <laughs> then when you meet him, he still like he ain't skipped a beat. He still want to coach us. It was so good to awesome, see him at man. that reunion, man. Man, it, it was. It was. I'm telling you, it was just good to see everybody across the board. Yeah. Everybody. I truly wish everybody could have been back there, but I know everybody had so much other stuff going on. But the people that did show up, man, it, it, was, it was just good to see them. Absolutely, man. Well, that's all the questions I've got, Tracy. We uh. We appreciate you coming on the show, man. I appreciate you giving us some good insight and some good stories. And, uh, man, I, I had a good time tonight, man. I really did. Me I'm, too. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what you guys do over in Ocean Springs this year. Um, I wish you the best of luck, man. We appreciate you. Man, likewise, man. Anytime y'all want to have me on, man, just reach out to me. For sure. I'll come back on. I even have more stories to tell. Something we that I'll love probably it. think something that I'll probably think of once we get off the phone, <laughs> I can tell you. Um, man anytime y'all want to have me on and talk about life, football, right. family, it doesn't matter whatever it is, the NIL. I mean it's it's just gonna grow. I mean it's just gonna grow. Yeah. It's just gonna grow. So people might as well just embrace it. And just go and, and, and just take it, man. It's not gonna mess up college football because the end of the day, yeah. you had to go out there and compete for sixty minutes, and the NIL deal cannot separate you from that. That's right. Cannot yeah. separate you from that. Between the white lines, it's still the same. Between the white lines, it's still the same. It's still the same. <laughs> yeah. So now it's gonna really show you who is truly deserving of this NIL deal. That's how you separate. It. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you separate it, man. I got you. Well, thanks so much, Tracy. We will definitely have you on in the future, man. I can't wait to hear some more stories. And uh, thanks, listeners, for tuning in. And special thanks to Pate Thackard for making us sound and look good. And until next time, Southern Miss to to the the top. top.
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. For Southern Miss fans, by Southern Miss fans. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit EverydayEaglesPodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Everyday Eagles Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles Podcast. Touchdown!